About two years ago, um, I said to the Lord, I want to be on the forefront, the front foot of what um, you are doing. And, uh, and, you know, God moves and he has seasons and things that he's doing around the world. And, and uh, I said, I want to be at the front of what you're doing. I want to be a forerunner. And, uh, you know, a forerunner has to be bold, I found out. You, just, you know, I say, yes, Lord, but then you've got to be bold with that. And I found that out in no uncertain terms. Um, but two years ago, it would have been, I said, God, I want, to, I want to be at the front of what you're doing. And so he took me at my word, which you'll take for yours too if you say that. But it's exciting to see what God is doing around the world and see how the Holy Spirit is moving and just what is happening in the church and, uh, and the whole um, experience of heaven coming to earth and, and that we can experience heaven now and uh, the heavenly realms and going in the spirit. And that's, it's ours to enjoy now. So that's what I'm going to share about tonight is just the beginning of that journey and the things that I've learnt and be able to share with you and, and how to really just move into that, to take that step into heavenly places and, and to know that it's in the Word because we should be Word people. And I'm a Word person, so I like to see it in the Word first. And, you know, not everything is in the Word. Not every encounter you have, you'll see exactly there, but the spirit of the Word is mm-hmm. in that. And that's something to remember and be just comfortable with it. You may not be able to find everything that happens, but you'll be able to see the spirit of the word in it. So um, I prayed a prayer and uh, God took me at my word and then I was invited to, very shortly after that to attend a conference in Melbourne and a guy from the company of Burning Hearts, mm-hmm. Justin Abraham and his crew. And are uh, you very excited, those who don't know already, that he is coming to visit us in June. And, uh, we're just finalising the details. He's an awesome guy, but he's just he's very humble and he's just moving in these things. But it's really cool to have him come to visit with us. Um, and I, I, at the conference, I was, and the Lord just said, go up front. You know, you want to be a forerunner, then you just sit back. You know, oh, if God wants to do something, then just do it. You're, you're up front. And he... You know, we've got to push ourselves out of our little comfort spot, you know. God doesn't come to make us com- comfortable, mm. yeah. And, you know, we're comfort seekers, but he doesn't come, he didn't come to make us comfortable. He actually came to make us uncomfortable, because yeah. that's when we get things done, yeah. yeah. And that's when we experience life to the full. So uh, if you feel uncomfortable any time, go, oh, no, I'm just not comfortable with that. Just, you know, just say, Lord, just help me. If you're not sure about something, just to put it up on the shelf and say, Lord, just open that up for me, mm. okay. So I actually went forward and uh, Justin prayed for me and he, and he just had a word about great faith is going to be released to you. And I said, yeah, bring that on. <laughs> but, uh, um, and then I actually had this encounter with God where I felt this light coming down on me and I, ra- I was just raising my hands and worshipping him and focusing on Jesus. And I felt this light come up, up above me. And then, like, I was being pulled literally off the ground. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was powerful. And I'm not a shaker. You know, some people are a shaker when they get on. I'm, I'm, well, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been around stuff before. We've had, you know, angelic visitations and the power of God moving and healings and all sorts of things in our ministry before. But this was different. I was shaking and it was like electricity going through me. And the Holy Spirit was, you know, the Father was talking to me and the Holy Spirit was ministering. To him, he said, You can you can come up. And I'm going, What do you mean I can come up? Where am I going? He says, You can come up here anytime you want. Come up. Come up. He says, You know the language of heaven. You can come up. And I was like totally spun out about that because you know, you talk about heaven, it's like that place that you go when you die. But the Lord just he was saying, You can come up here anytime you want and get what you need and bring it back down. Mm-hmm. And I was having this physical force wanting to lift me off the ground. Later on I heard that in that meeting and subsequent meetings that there were actually people who were lifted. 
and I left it. And I, you know, that's not a new thing. You know, the, the monks back in the old days and stuff, they would they would just you know be so in ecstasies with God that they would be lifted and just feel God's presence so powerfully. So it's it's nothing new, but it's but it's new in the sense that that God is opening it up for every, you know like everyone. Mm-hmm. So you know everyone can experience that, not just the prophetic dudes or the monks. Or the nuns, you know. You go back in history of way back, you'll see that God has moved like this before. But this is a more. Mm. It's more, which is exciting because I want the more. Mm. Um, so when I got back, and so that went on for about 30 minutes, and Lord just really touching me and changing me and changing my perspective of, of heaven and that I can come up there. And um, when I got back to the hotel that night, I actually looked in the mirror and my face was glowing. And mum was with me and our pet friend Peter. And I said, look at my face. And I got on the phone. I was totally off my face, drunk in Jesus. And I'm talking to Philip. And I'm, and, um, I'm saying, my, my face is glowing. And I'm, I'm so high. And it was a funny conversation, I think. But anyway. Um, but they could actually see that I was glowing. I had this glory glow on me, which is pretty cool. And I was just like totally spun out with what God was doing. And I, when I got on the plane a couple of days later, I was sitting there on the plane. And mum starts to look at me. And she goes, you're all sparkly. And I said, what do you mean I'm all sparkly? She says, you've got sparkly dust all over your cheeks. And I said, well, my makeup doesn't have sparkly dust in it, so it's not that. And it was like just God's presence. He was just like, no, I'm just going to you know, sparkle you up a bit. You know, that's nothing new. Moses, in the, in the Old Testament, when he went up on the mountaintop and he spent time in God's presence, he had to put a veil over his face because they couldn't look at him because he shone so brightly. Mm. So it's, it's, not, it's, it's in the Bible. So you know, when, you have, when you have that, that's like that glory on you. That's, that's nothing new. It's not that we get caught up in it, but it's like, you know, that's cool. That's mm. cool. And the sparkly dust, well, I think he was just having fun. You know, heaven is full of beauty. And uh, <laughs> so I was sparkling for a bit. It was pretty cool. And the other people see it, you know. So, um, so that was where it started. And uh, since then I've been sharing about heaven and just honouring heavenly places. And I've shared with you at church and sometimes in a, in a prayer meeting I'll share of what God is doing and just that heaven is for now and heaven is for real. I mean, there's even books about it. And, and you know, there's account- It's really interesting actually, even movies coming out and other people having encounters and little children, that heaven is for real that heaven is for now and that we can experience. It's not something that we have to wait till we die to experience, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, Paul actually speaks in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and he says that he saw visions and revelations, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, but God knows, such as one was caught up into the third heaven, up into paradise and heard inexpressible words. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So that he didn't know whether he was caught up just in the spirit or he was caught up in the body. He, and I understand that because you're like, am I here still? Am I out there? What's happening with my body? And it's like when you come into contact and God wants us to experience this, that he didn't know. So you think, oh, is this, is this right? It's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians talks about Paul. He had visions and revelations so lofty and so amazing that he couldn't actually even explain them in words. He said, they are too, too much for me to be able to explain and inexpressible in words. And uh, that's what God wants for us. And it's not just back in Acts. He wants that for all of us. So um, I, I just, um, John saw heaven, Revelations chapter 1 says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. So John saw visions of heaven in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 22, 
I, I don't like all of Revelation, I'll admit, but, but I love chapter 22 because it talks about um, heaven, it talks about the sea of glass, and I've actually been there. I had, a, I had an encounter with God a couple of weeks ago, and I was... I, I got taken up in the spirit and, and Jesus led me to the throne room and I was before the Father and I was walking on this glass and it was moving, but it was I could walk on it and I was like, it was a place of healing for me and God did some work, you know, because when, when you encounter God, he works on you mm-hmm. and you're open and surrendered. He just, you know, and he, he dealt with me on some stuff and I was sharing with Philip and he goes, you know, that's the place of healing. That's the, that's the sea of glass. And I went, oh yeah, that's in Revelation. So it's like the places that he shows us are in his word too, mm. as well. Um, but when it comes to to heavenly things and to and just experiencing more what God has for us in this time and in this hour, because we're we're forerunners in this. This is something that God is is really releasing around the world. And if you start to listen to what's happening around the world, you'll see there's hundreds of people starting to have heavenly encounters. It's just not the prophetic guys who've been doing it for years, but it's everybody, you know, just everyday people are experiencing. And um, I was talking to Justin and he said, you know, that um, you listen to what he says and he gets emails every every week about people experiencing heaven now. And so that that's really cool. You know, little kids and... Just mums and dads and, you know, just everyday people. Um, but something I've really learned is to honour, honour heaven and to esteem it and, um, and to give weight to it. You know, when you honour something, you show respect, you, can, you consider it, you give attention to it, you grant dignity and give credence, appreciate, give favour to it. And heaven is a place of honour. Honour is it's, it's heaven's language and when we honour heaven, we honour the things of heaven, we esteem God's realm, um, that's when we get to engage in heavenly things. And, you know, these nights I want them to be a place of honour, to be a place where we honour one another, where we honour what God is doing um, in each other's lives, but also to honour him and mm-hmm. to honour who he is and the fact that Jesus is the one that makes that, that we are able to step into those places. You know, he taught, you know, the t- veil was torn and we're able to step through into mm. heavenly places. We're able to step through that he's in us, we're in him, that we're seated with him. And uh, so to honour Jesus, to honour what he's done for us, and, um, you know, just to honour one another. If something's happening you're not sure about, just to honour people, to esteem them and um, to value them and to value this time. This is a really special time that we can have with him. Um, so let's talk about heaven. Yeah, if you've got your Bibles or your iPods or your pads or your whatever you've got, gadgets, um, <laughs> I just want to see some groundwork tonight of um, about heaven and about how, how who our place in heavenly places. So, if you want to turn with me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 1. It's one of those funny little books to find. You have your SEC, yeah. Colossians chapter 1. Yeah, that's right. 
We might do Colossians 3, actually, sorry. Colossians 3, just flip the page. And it says in verse 1 there, Colossians 3, verse 1. Sorry, everybody's got their little gadgets. It says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also be, will appear with him in glory. But... I just want to focus on the fact that we have been raised with Christ, that we part of our, who we are is that we've been raised, we're raised with him and we had to set our minds on heavenly things. And that's the whole thing about honouring heaven, is that when we set our minds on heavenly things, when we set our minds where, you know, refocus our attention. You know, we need to relocate our attention and our thinking upon heaven. And when you start to do that, that's when you start to engage in the spirit and heavenly things, when we can get so earthly-minded. And there's an old saying, which really got into the church, of if you're too heavenly-minded to be any earthly good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know what? That's not actually truth, because the Bible says to set your mind on heavenly things. Mm-hmm. You know, And if we set our mind on heavenly things, then we'll be a lot of earthly good. Yeah. Yeah? So the stuff that sometimes comes through in our background, or you've heard it said to you, and it's, and it's not truth. It says to set our mind on heavenly things because we're seated with him in heavenly places. And uh, Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to run through some scriptures tonight. If you've got a pad or a note on your phone, you can write them down. But it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, make us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you actually have a seat in heaven. You actually be made to sit with him in heavenly places. It doesn't say when you get to heaven as in when you die. It actually means that you've been made, he's made us alive in Christ Jesus and raised us up together and made us sit with him in heavenly places. So this is actually scriptural that we can we can go into heavenly places in the spirit realm and sit in heavenly places and govern there. That's what we're called to do. Um, Ephesians 2.19 says, If we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So you're not a foreigner. You've been given an open invitation to come into heaven. So if you ever feel when you're going, Oh Lord, I just want to experience you more, and you get the thought, Can I do this? Am I worthy? Am I able to do that? Or do I have to wait? You know what? That's not truth. You have been made a citizen of heaven. And as far as I understand, a citizen means that you can camp out there. Mm. I became a citizen of Australia. I've been made a citizen. That means I can camp here. Nobody can kick me out. I'm an Australian. Yes. (laughs) And uh, and so I can. I I wasn't Australian, but now I am. So I was a foreigner, but now I'm not. I belong. (laughs) You stuck with me. And you understand it? And that's the same. It says that we have been, we're no longer strangers and foreigners of heaven, that we are fellow citizens with the saints. The crowd and the cloud of witnesses and the saints in heaven that cheer us on. We are fellow citizens with them. So you belong in heavenly places. You belong up there, your place is there, and God wants us to be more comfortable in heavenly places than he does down here. Because he says, set your mind on heaven. 
Focus your attention on heaven. That's where you're seated. Jesus is up there and we're co-heirs with him. Mm. We're meant to be sitting with him. That's exciting. Yeah. No, we've been given an invitation to, to sit and take our place in heaven. We're citizens of heaven. And we just get to do stuff down here. But we actually belong up there. Amen? Amen? Now, death is not the only way then. Because if we're citizens of heaven, we're seated in heavenly places, we're co-heads with Christ there, we're in him, he's in us, then we belong there. Then death is not the only way. And the church has taught, and society has taught, that if you go to heaven only through death, that death is the doorway. And that's incorrect. Scripturally, that's not the only way to heaven. Yes, when we go, we, we finish with our earthly tent, we go to be with Him in glory permanently, but that's not the only way to experience heaven. And I've even told my kids that. You know, when you die, then you get to go to heaven. And I've had to repent of that and apologize to them because it's not actually truth. They can go and experience heaven now. They can have visions. They can have encounters with God. You know, they can experience heaven now, and we all can. And I said, death is not the way, only way. It's been a terrible mistake that got into the church. And I, for one, have repented of even saying it because it's not truth. And, we've, and the word has started to be opened up to me of just so much mm. of what's in the word about heaven for us now. And uh, Jesus is the doorway to heaven, not just death. Yeah. Mm. Jesus is our doorway. And, uh, and I'll turn with me because I love the scripture. I love chapter 10 of John. So John chapter 10. Mm. But for years I didn't see this, and it just I just about jumped down, jumped around the house and rang Mum up and said, look at this! And, and uh, but, You know, because I actually love John chapter 10, verse 10, and if you've been around a bit South Central a little while, you would have heard me say that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but Jesus has come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. But if you, that's John 10, 10, but if you go up to verse 9, it says, Jesus is talking, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Amen. 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 We can actually go in and out. Jesus is the door and he's saying you can come in and out and find pasture. He's saying you can go into heavenly places and, and be with him. And then you can come back down here and do your stuff and spread heaven around and spread the blessing around. But you can come in and out. Underline that verse in your Bible. Jesus, Jesus is saying, he says, I am the door. He said, I'm the door of the, of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out. In and out. In and out. What's he talking about? He's saying you can come into heavenly place. You're just seated there already. You can go in the spirit. You can experience heaven. And then you can come out because you've got to do what God's asked you to do down here. But you can come in and out. In and out. Because you're in him and he's in you and you can be where he is. Yeah. I love that. You can let this thing, that sink in. That, that's just an awesome verse. I'm still happy on getting a happy on that one. Yeah. We can come in and out and find pasture in him. You know, it says he leads us beside green pastures. You know, Psalm 23 has a whole new meaning when you think about it in the yeah. heavenly realms yeah. and the spiritual realms. It's not just, you know, it's, he's surrounded us with beautiful things, but he's talking about we can experience green pastures. We can walk beside the stream of living water. We can splash around in it. You know, we can experience him. And it says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, says, And if we are in relationship with him, we are hidden in him in heavenly places and seated with him. We're hidden in him. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, says, We have already come. We've already come to Mount Zion. 
You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. That's a scripture in Hebrews that's talking about you have come. Not you're going to come, but we have come already, but you have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to angels. We've actually come already. We've been given an invitation. That, that's something. Just read, go over that verse again when you get home. Just look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. We have come already to Mount Zion. That means that we have been given permission to come into the heavenly city already. Mm. You getting excited? You getting happy? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. When you actually start to look at what Scripture is saying and the light of we are able to come already into heavenly places, it just like opens up. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So we've been given a heavenly invitation and access already and church history has made heaven a place for after death. Yet the word says that we can walk and the councils and courts of God, yeah. and to govern there. You know, the, the church means the ecclesia, and the ecclesia means to govern. We're actually called to govern, and it says that we're called to govern and we deal with principalities and powers, mm-hmm. and we're called to govern over those. It, you know, Jesus used the word ecclesia when he said, I will build my church. You know, he asked Peter to do that. You, I will build my church through you. And he, he used the word ecclesia in the Greek. And he knew what he was talking about. It was, a, it was a thing hundreds of years before where they were called out of the city, these specific people, to govern and to, and to take charge over an area. And that's what the word ecclesia means, is to govern. Mm. We're called to govern in heavenly places and to deal with things in the courts of heaven, to get mandates from God, what, he's, what the Father is doing, and for his will that is happening in heaven to be released on earth through you yeah. and me, because we're the church. Yeah. So we're called to govern, but we're called to govern of what is happening in heaven and bring it down to earth. My will be done on earth as, as it, it is, is in heaven. heaven. That's the Lord's prayer. Mm. Yeah? Mm. See in a different light now? Mm. You're going, oh, yeah. sunrise. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Sunrise. <laughs> that is the church we're called to govern in the heavenlies, for your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And we step into that place in heavenly realms by faith. It's all about faith. Yeah? It's all about faith. If Abraham was sitting here, he'd say, it's all about faith. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. He'd say, it's all about faith. Our walk has to be faith. It's by faith that we please God. You know, by faith you are saved. By grace. By faith we enter into everything in our Christian walk. By faith. So how do we enter in those places? By faith. By faith. We step in and we start by just loving his presence. You know, we talk, I talk often about how the angels hearken to the word of the Lord. Now, there's courts of angels that are waiting for us to start to operate in this realm because they get busy. You know, this, um, Isaac, he's fallen asleep over there. But he was sharing, Debbie, you'll love this. He was sharing about, um, we're talking about, he was listening to a Bible story in the car and it was talking about John, John's revelation of heaven. And he said, what's a vision? So we're trying to explain to a five-year-old what a vision is. And we're saying, you know, what did we say? It was a, a picture opened up for you and, and God showing you things. And he goes, ah. Oh. And then he started all of a sudden to talk about angels. And he says, you know, the angels must really like kids' church. And I said, why? He says, because they're always there. He says, they not really like it. <laughs> and he's like, you know, they're always there. I said, are they, they, he says, they really must like 
hanging out with Debbie and, you know, they're always there. And he says, oh, they're there every week. And she says, yeah, they're there Hannah's there. And, you know, like, and he starts talking. This is just as natural as anything to him. He says, the angels must love kids' church. Yeah. You see, he's seeing. He's seeing in, in the heavenly realms. He's seeing in the spirit. You know, we trust too much in our physical eyes and God wants us to focus our attention on heaven and honour the things of heaven because when we start to do that, the spirit realm comes open to us and we'll see the angelic moving. We'll see the cloud of witnesses hanging out with us. We'll see what's going on. You know, and, and you know, the, the occult and stuff, they see stuff in the dark side. But, you know, they also see when we walk past and they'll see a light on us. You've talked to anybody who's been involved in the occult and got saved. They'll say, oh, no, I saw Christians... And they would have a light on them. Mm. And they could see the light. Mm. Yeah? And we go, oh, that's us. We're supposed to see stuff. Mm. But we, we're concentrating still so much on the earthly realm and we're meant to set ourselves in heavenly spaces because when we do that, we'll start to see the unseen and we'll start to see the realms of the Spirit. And that's where God is heading and that's what he's opening up, that heaven and earth is opening up the convergences. Now there's a convergence yeah. in heaven and earth and things are opening up. Yeah. Because this is, a day, this is a day and an hour and things need to happen. You see around the world and you see that God needs to move. Yes, well, this yes. is what he's doing. He's opening up the spirit realm for us, everyday people, so that we are able to govern and we're able to break things off and we're able to you know, speak and pray and believe that things are going to happen you know, and disasters stop happening you know, and, and riots won't happen and things like that. And it's already happening in places. People are going into the spirit and dealing in that realm and things are breaking where there's been you know, violence or stuff going on and planned and they've just gone in the spirit and down in the spirit realm and broken those things because we're called to govern and things have just... You know, pieces come where there was meant to be a riot. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, angels show up all the time. You know, you've got angels with you all the time. Angels are in the, in the midst of us right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're here with us all the time. We've had them you know, coming in and out of the lounge room during the prayer meeting, just, you know, just mm-hmm. coming in and out. But they're here with us now. Mm-hmm. You know, when we invite them, we say, Lord, just surround us with their angels. Well, what do you think they're doing? Mm. We don't expect them to be there and that little children who haven't been told otherwise, mm. they see them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Val was sharing about, was it your grandson was seeing angels? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seeing angels and somebody else's kid because they're little kids and they haven't been told that, oh no, you've got to wait till you get to heaven mm. to see angels. Mm. See, it says to be like little children in these yeah. things, mm. just to be open like a little child. child and we've been given mm. an invitation Mm-hmm. Um, so it's time for the church to come higher up the mountain. We've been given an invitation to come to Mount Zion, the heavenly city. And uh, the Lord's been telling me for years and years to come up, to come up on the mountaintop. And I was like, oh, yeah, just, I didn't understand really, but now I do. He's saying come up because you get a different perspective of what's going on. When you come up into heavenly realms, you, you see what God is doing. It's not like down in the trenches. Because yeah. we're very good at getting down in the trenches and, oh, it's so hard down here. If you come up, mm. and you come up, and you just come up into <laughs> heavenly spaces. I'm oh, yeah. staying with us. <laughs> Stay in the room. You come up to heavenly places and, and um, you come up. with a different perspective. Now, I've been seeing all week, 
I've been seeing all week <laughs> of this um, oh, the, the throne room and just oh yep and just the the heaven the throne room and it's so beautiful up there it's just like mm. and I've been seeing it and it's just like this this place where you can just come and just worship it's such a beautiful place heaven you know and he wants us to experience that he just wants. He knows that you know we've got trials and tribulations, and he know. But he said, "I've overcome them." And one of the ways he overcomes them is to take us up. Mm. He just says, "Come up, come up here. I know you're going through stuff, but come up because you're going to get all you need when you come up." Mm. He says, "I've given you a place in heaven right now, and you can come up." And you know, it only takes a few minutes in God's presence when you're like that, and you just, oh, you know. Just, whew, we're okay now. We've got the stuff of heaven in us. You know, the guys that went through all the stuff in the New Testament, you see that they went through tribulation. They went through um, stonings. They went through all sorts of stuff. And yet they still were able to praise and worship God. And I've had a new revelation of that. You know, they were able to do that because they were able to come into the Spirit and just get everything they needed to be able to manage down here. Because it's like... It doesn't matter so much what's going on down here when you've experienced heaven and you're bringing it with you. Yeah. You're bringing it down. It's like you you can overcome in Him because you're He's in you and you're in Him. So come up to the mountain tops if that's anything I can teach you that I've learned. And the Lord's been saying it for years to me. Just come up. And now I'm saying just come up out of everyday slog. Just come up and say, Lord, I just focus my attention on heaven. I focus my attention on, on the heavenly city and just the beautiful places. And he'll start to show you. you know, and he uses our imagination. You know, I don't know if you're ever told as a kid, you're a daydreamer. Or, you know, that's just, you know, your mind. You know, God gave us our imagination. We're made in the image of him. We're made, and he gave us our imagination, and that is part of it. We're a visionary people, and he uses us, and he speaks to us through visions and dreams. And the, the problem with when we grow up is that we shut that imagination off, and we go, oh, no, that's just my imagination. Well, God speaks to us in our imagination, and he shows us things in visioning. And so you can just, you know, you can close your eyes and focus on heaven, and if you start to see pictures, or you start to see yourself there in a place... And you, and you just let yourself go there. Not go, oh, I must be imagining it. Just receive that. Mm-hmm. Because when, you, you know, when we ask for God to give us something, he's not going to give us a stone. Mm-hmm. You know, when, he asks, when we ask, Lord, I just want to experience you. I, wanna, I, just, I just honor heavenly things. I set my mind on heavenly things. He's going to take us there. And too often we shut off our imaginations. You know what? That's where he says that young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams. You know, and old, by the way, is way past 120, so you're all seeing visions still. <laughs> it's true. Visions. Yeah? yeah. yeah. So, no, I don't care how old you are, or whoever's listening, unless you're way past 120, which is, you know, and I'll get them that at another night, <laughs> then you're still young, so you're seeing visions. But you still can dream dreams. But God will speak to you in visions. And a vision is a picture or imagination. God uses our imaginations. And, and that's how we encounter him. You know, I, was, I think it was Shara I was talking to. And when I was little, I, when I was little, when they were little, I would um, say, you know, when they were a bit stressed, just go to your special place with Jesus. Just go to your special place with Jesus. And they would picture, you know, green fields and, you know, on a picnic blanket with him. And, you know, it's this. And then and when, when she started going into heavenly places and she said, 
oh, this is a place I've been going for years with Jesus. You know, it's like, but she'd been going to her special place with Jesus. Have a special place with Jesus, because I guarantee it's in a heavenly place. Mm. You know, just say, Lord, I just, and, and just picture yourself with him, seated in a really cool spot with him, and, and, and he'll just take you into that place. And uh, that's heaven. That's a heavenly places that he's taken you, because he uses uh, visioning, he uses dreams, and he uses our imagination to get us to that place. Mm. That, that, you okay with that? Mm. You're good? Yeah. yeah. Um, where are we? Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall come forth the Lord, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Many people shall come up to the mountain of the Lord. Isaiah was a prophet and he was prophesying. And he was prophesying for this time now too. He was saying many people will come up to the mountain of the Lord. So I encourage you, just go up to the mountaintops with the Lord. You know, he says it will take us in high places. You know, we'll soar on wings like eagles. You know, he wants us to come out of the valley and come up to the mountaintops. You know, Jeremiah 23 says, For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? So he's saying there's counsels of the Lord that he wants us to go into. And he wants us, you know, have you been to the counsel of the Lord? Have you been to the Lord's library? Have you stood in the courts of God? Have you heard the counsels happening? Because that's what he wants to experience. And I'm starting to go to those places. And it is like a courtroom. It is like the courts of God. And it's a very busy place, heaven. We always think they're sitting there with their harps and, you know, strumming away. And there is places like that. But it's a very busy place because they are governing up there what's happening down here. They're governing what's happening in the universe. And it's like we can go into those places and experience the counsels of God. I mean, Jeremiah says, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? Mm. He's asking us, who stood in the counsel of the Lord? Jeremiah 23 says, but if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned from their evil way and for evil of their doings. Mm. He's saying, if you stand in my counsel, then you will hear my words. And you'll be able to bring those words back and you'll be able to turn people away from their evil doings. If you had stood in my councils, God's asking us to come and stand in the council, stand in the courtroom, come and govern with him. We're seated in heavenly places. You have a seat up there. Take your seat. Take your seat. And how do you stand in the councils of heaven? You desire it. You say, I want that God. You don't have to be like, oh, I know. Sit back, just run into it. Say, God, I want it. I want everything that Jesus died and died on that cross and paid for my sin and my guilt and my unworthiness and my unrighteousness. I want everything because he said he has washed me clean, that I am the righteousness of God, that I am, you know, that I can stand before the Father washed by the blood of Jesus. When the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees that you are clothed in white and that you are washed by the blood of Jesus. The blood speaks up there. It speaks up there. And uh, so we don't have to think we're unworthy and filthy rags. You're not. You're worthy to come into the councils and the courts of God and do business up there. That's what we're called to do. But desire it. And desire gives way to faith. When you desire something, say, God, I want this. 
God, I just, I, just, I just set my mind and my focus on that. That is when you start to engage. You say, you know, you put out everything else. You say, I just want this. And you grab hold of it. You know, like the woman with the issue of blood and she wanted to be healed? What did she do? She reached out in amongst the crowd. She was not supposed to be there. She was seen as being unclean. And yet she pushed through the crowd and grabbed hold of the hem of Jesus' gum and said, I want to be healed. If I just touch him, I will be healed. That's the sort of people we need to be. I want God and everything he has for me. I'm going to grab hold of him. He's the door, you know, and you just grab hold of him and he'll take you. He'll take, it's like, you know, grab hold of Superman's cape and he'll take you. You know, and it's like, just grab hold of him. He's the door and you can go. You know, just have that heart to say, Lord, I want you most. I want everything you have for me. I want more of you. More God, more God, more God. And when you're like that, He'll just bless it. He'll say, All right, you're honouring me. You'll honour the things of heaven and you just get to engage in that. It's a place of honour and when we honour him, you know, your real life is in Christ, in the realms of heaven. So pursue with diligence the consequences of being co-heirs with Christ. Pursue with diligence what Jesus died to give us. He says, I'm the door. You can come in and out. Just picture that for a minute. Close your eyes and just picture that Jesus is the door. And we're in him and you can, you can just, he's just that door and he opens it for us. Mm. And you can come in and you can step out mm. and step into him and focus your attention on him. And he says, you can come up here anytime. You've already got a seat up there. And I'll open the heavenly realms to you. And he'll take you to places and he's gentle. You know, when I first started to go, he would just show me, you know, beautiful gardens because I love gardens. And I would just sit with Jesus and talk to him, just sit on a park bench and talk with him, you know, and just spend time with him and honouring him and valuing his presence. Um, Because death is not our saviour. Jesus is. Too often we've made death the entrance to heaven and it's not. Jesus is our saviour. And... um, we're in him and he's in us. So mentally relocate yourself. Focus, set your mind on things above. So I'm just going to just give you three steps of how to do that and then we're going to practice doing that. You ready? Yeah, because you're all worthy. Does everybody know Jesus in the room? Hands up. You know Jesus. Yeah, you've asked him to be your Lord and Saviour. You're washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. You're worthy. You're the righteousness of God. He loves us. You're in him and he's in us. You know, he's in us. We're not separate anymore. You know, that, that disconnection's been closed up. So this is how we do it. It's one, it's by faith and focus. Set your mind and focus upon heaven. Set your mind and focus upon Jesus. He is the door. So Jesus, I love you and I just wanna I just wanna be where you are. Isn't that a song? I just wanna be where you are. <laughs> yeah, just be where you are. You know, and often our mind can get in the way where we start to learn to do this. And, uh, but we're called to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Mm. And our mind can be in the flesh. Mm. It needs to be redeemed. Mm. It needs to be washed by the word. And that's what I've been doing tonight, of just washing your mind with the word that this is yours. Mm. And uh, so mind, you say, you're a great servant but a poor master. <laughs> I call my spirit to govern in the name of Jesus and I command you, mind, to come under my spirit. Spirit, I command you to come over the government of my mind and to take your rightful place. We walk by the spirit, not by our mind. 
So put your spirit above your mind. Yeah? So we, we enter into the places of heavenly realms by just faith and focus. Just like you had faith that, you know, to receive your salvation, to see that your forgiveness of sin you receive, that you're able to walk in heavenly places. You're able to move in the spirit. So you just, by faith and focus, set your mind on heavenly things. Set your mind on Jesus. Number two is praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Who knows that psalm? Enter his gates. Where are his gates? Revelation talks about the gates of heaven and there's 12 gates and all that and they're always open. Yes, they're always open. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. So we have faith and focus and then we start to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, that you've washed me clean. I just thank you that you love me so much. Thank you, Father. You just, and you just thank him. Thank him. Enter his gates. So you get to the gates and you just thank you, Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts. You want to go into the courts of heaven? Praise him. Praise him. See, Psalm 100 verse 4. There it is all along. Woohoo! It's, you know, God has put it in there. He's hidden it in his word and he's opening it up. Jesus is a door. Come into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Courts of God, if you walk in my ways and if you keep my command, then you shall also judge in my house and likewise have charge over my courts. And I will give you places to walk among those who stand there. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 6. That you will have charge over my courts and I will give you places to walk among those who stand there. Hidden in the word. That you actually, if you walk in my ways and you keep my commandments, so just walk in God's ways. You want to walk in the things of heaven? Walk in his ways. Follow his commands. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And just honour God. Seek him first. And just say, I'm just going to obey you, Lord. I'm just, you know, I don't want to be in the stuff of the world. I want to be in the stuff of heaven. And then number three, so number one is faith and focus, just by faith we enter in. Number two is praise and thanksgiving. And number three is honour. Esteem Jesus. Esteem the things of heaven. You know, value who you are in him, who you are in, in God. You're not a lowly worm. You know, that you're not unforgiven, that you're not all the things that the enemy tried. You know, because the devil, he knows that if we don't feel like we are worthy, that we're never going to march boldly up to the throne of grace. What does Hebrews say? That you can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in your time of need. Help and grace and mercy in your time of need. You know, and the devil, he knows that if he can keep us feeling condemned and unworthy and plebby and beaten up, that we're never going to feel like we can come into the courts of God. Mm-hmm. So he throws stuff at you and he tries to remind you of rubbish. Mm-hmm. And it's like because he knows that if you get a hold of the fact that you can come into the courts of God and you can govern up there and you can take your seat in heavenly places and experience God in a bigger way, that he's got you down in the mud. Mm-hmm. So you watch out for that. You just honour Jesus and what he's done and who you are in him. That's why we're always preaching who you are in Christ. Who you are in him. We're constantly telling you this is who you are in Christ. That you're the righteousness of God. That you've been washed clean. That you're healed. That your salvation means that you've been delivered from all evil. That this, you know, we've been set free from sin. Mm. I've been preaching it for years. <laughs> yeah? 
we set free from sin so that we're able to experience heaven now. Amen? So you honour and value what Jesus has done in you already. You remind yourself. You speak it out when you come to to God and you say, Thank you, Jesus, and I'm washed clean. Because you're reminding yourself of who you are in him. And the devil, he just gets a nudge out of the way. Because his tactic is to distract us. And so who are you? Well, that's just for those people over there. No, it's for you. You know, he is the vine. Now, we're vitally connected to him. He's the door and we step through into heaven. You know, he's the vine and we're the branches. There's a reason why he, he used that analogy. Because what grows on a vine? Fruit. Grapes. And what do you make out of grapes? Wine. Wine. Amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 23 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, there is a version of this I read once before. Thou hast prepared a table for me against them that afflict me. Thou hast anointed me with oil, and my chalice, which inebriate me, how goodly it is. It's a heavenly wine that you're allowed to be drunk in Jesus. You have permission to do that. You know, the, the enemy has used all the other stuff of the world as counterfeit because we're supposed to be experiencing the heavenly wine. Jesus says, I'm the wine. I'm the vine. Just get connected to me and you'll just get junk on Jesus. (laughs) You know, he says, I've prepared a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My chalice inebriates me. Yeah? There you are, in the Bible, you're allowed to get junk on Jesus. Drunk in Jesus. It's an important part of coming into his presence is to understand that we're allowed to find pleasure in him. You know, it's okay often we know the intercessory, you know, down in the oh you know, struggle, struggle. And you know, there's times like that we've got to go hard and push hard against the enemy. But but also, and, and you know, there's no, everybody goes, oh, they've been very spiritual. They're weeping and dark. <laughs> <laughs> but when somebody's unhappy for Jesus, people are like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Why is that? Jesus is the vine. He's the wine, and he says, you can just drink of me. Yeah? He says, you can drink of me. You know, there's enormous capacity for joy that's been planted in our hearts. We have an enormous capacity for joy. Jesus is a happy God. Yeah. Mm. You know? It says in the Bible that he rejoices over us with singing. The word rejoice in the Hebrew means to spin around joyfully, yeah. very loudly. Yeah. That's what the Father does over us. You know, you get up to heaven and he's rejoicing. He rejoices over us with singing. So we've been made in his image and have an amazing capacity for expansive, massive joy. And you have permission and an invitation to live like that. Because when we live like that, finding pleasure in him, honouring him for what he's done, you're going to get into a happy place. And that happy, beautiful place shoots us into the spirit realm. You know, when we're downcast and we're grumpy and we're thinking of how unworthy we are and messed up and you're angry and you've got unforgiveness, it's very hard to just, you know, be happy in Jesus. (laughs) You've got to live in forgiveness. I've got this new trick I'm working on. Is when I walk into a room or I walk into a place, I just say, Lord, I just forgive everybody in the room. <laughs> that sounds good. It's true. That works. 
Lord, I just forgive everybody right now before they even open, open the mouth or do anything. They look at me. <laughs> I try to school. Yeah, I do. I just forgive everybody. You know, because people are funny. <laughs> so if you forgive everybody before they even... And, and then, Lord, where can I bless someone? You're going to have a happy, regardless of what everybody's doing. And you're just going to be able to recollect him. Yeah. You know, Jesus, just let me bless. You know, we're called to be a blessing. And when you get yeah. stuff from heaven, you're called to be a blessing. So practice just by faith, focusing on setting your mind on things above. And um, praise and thanksgiving, that's how you're into it. And when you're, when you're having a happy on Jesus, it's easy. And that's what he wants us to do. You know, he knows it's going to be stuff that comes our way. Just say, Lord, I forgive everybody right now. Yeah. I just let it go. <laughs> let it go. You know, I think they tapped into something in the spirit with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the people that have been hearing that song, they all started hearing <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. It's truth. Let it go. And just, I forgive, I walk in forgiveness, I just walk in faith, I, I esteem the things of heaven, I honour it. And as you start to do that and just thank him for who you are in him, thank you Jesus. You know, I have this thing I do now. I just say, thank you Jesus, I'm in you and you're in me. I thank you that you're the door and I can go in and out. Just come with me. Just close your eyes and do this. <laughs> you just say, you know, just, just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him for who he is and what he's done. Just thank you, Jesus, that we're in you and you're in us. <laughs> and we can come up for any time, Lord. We just step through. Just thank him, thank him. We come into the gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Just praise him. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much. And we just step through. We're in you, you're in us. Step in. Thank you. Come up, come up. Come up to Mount Zion. Come up into the heavenly city. Let him speak, let him show you. Go to that special place of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just show each person in this room that special place with you. Lay aside everything else and set your mind on him. Focus your mind upon Jesus and then we're going to step through by faith. If you need to do that by standing up and actually taking a step, then just do it. Jesus, we thank you that you're the door and we can come in and out and come past you and we set our mind on heavenly things and we lay aside the things that we